this podcast is something that in a way shaped itself. It became what it needed to be. Not only for me, but for the people I had on, for the people that I've shared it with and who've listened. And I think that's the beautiful thing about self-expression and art, so to speak. You know, this was a medium that I hadn't explored as a creative individual. And it was beautiful to see how it came together in its own way. Hello and welcome to the podcast, to another episode of Queerly Overthinking. I'm your host, Adam Harper, and this is our season one reflections episode. Can you believe that I have a season's worth of episodes and this makes the 18th episode? Absolutely insane. Today, we'll be taking a look back on the season and talk about some of my favorite highlights, things that I've learned about starting a podcast and what's in store for Queerly Overthinking. You ready? Grab yourself a boba tea and settle in. Y'all, this is so crazy to think about and to say that this is the end of season one, an 18-episode season of a podcast. Literally so insane. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast, to all of the amazing guests that I've had, to my amazing producer and amazing audio mixer, and everyone who has championed me in this endeavor. It's been amazing to see how far this podcast has come in just the first season. Thinking back, it's wild to see how many hours I have invested into this, from the initial branding and audio design to the coordinating of guests, recording, editing, and marketing episodes on social media. Something I've been thinking about as a recovering people pleaser is it's hard to take up space because I'm so used to making myself fit into small places or compress myself to make room for others. And if you've met me, (laughs) you can physically see what I mean as I am a six foot four inch tall man, but I sometimes slouch or sink inward on myself to make that space for others. It's taken so much practice to, first off, I mean, work on my posture. (laughs) Working out does help with that, thankfully, but also learning how to take up space. And in regard to the podcast, I can take up space where there is an endless supply in a virtual environment. And you know, it feels freaking amazing to feel like I can breathe more and it's increased my confidence and moved me into an era of my life where I care less and less about what people think about what I do or say. And it's amazing to feel like I have every right to just sit where I am, to stand where I am and to feel what I feel and just belong as much as the person next to me has every right to feel and belong. It's crazy. As I was writing this outline, I had just finished listening to the very first episode of the podcast as I was sipping on my boba tea, which by the way, a local shop has a blueberry tea. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's amazing. I get it every time I go there. But there are a couple of things I want to think back on from the first episode. The first being something I said that, quote, to quote myself, we're more alike than we are different. And how true is this for me still? In in each episode where I had a guest, I was able to share space with folks who brought their unique perspectives. And 
where we were able to see our commonalities and build a level of understanding than we'd previously had. That's the magic of it all. Pure magic, in my opinion. Sometimes I feel like most of us are comfortable with the people that we see or talk to regularly. And it can be hard to connect with new people and to get those unique perspectives, especially in a world that is so virtual. I mean, I'm preaching to myself over here, like I'm calling my own self out like, yeah, that's 100% true. Being able to have conversations with people I know or who I've just recently met has helped remind me that truly we are more alike than we are different. This podcast is something that in a way shaped itself. It became what it needed to be. Not only for me, but for the people I had on, for the people that I've shared it with and who've listened. And I think that's the beautiful thing about self-expression and art, so to speak. You know, this was a medium that I hadn't explored as a creative individual. And it was beautiful to see how it came together in its own way. There have been moments of laughter, serious moments of discussion, all with a sense of a purpose and desire for belonging and community. And it's so hard to pick a favorite episode, if I'm being honest, because each conversation, each story are all so unique and personal, each of them bringing something different to the table. And I'm just so incredibly honored to have shared so much space with so many people and with you, the listeners. Additionally, in the first episode, I shared a quote by Brene Brown. One sentence from that quote stands out to me even more now when she said, quote, Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. You know, in my mind, taking ownership means taking on a level of accountability and perhaps acceptance of what's in the past, but again, perhaps not always agreeing with it, but not allowing it to drag you through your present and into the future. If I've learned anything about doing this podcast is that all of our stories, our backgrounds, our upbringings is what makes us unique, no matter how positive or negative they may be. It's also provided me with a sense of grace and kindness towards myself and others. Y'all, when we make decisions, we're operating under the current way that we're thinking, feeling, and with whatever information we have available to us. And hindsight will most of the time be 2020. Funny enough, one of my favorite songs is called Hindsight by Jake Wesley Rogers. Give it a listen when you have a minute. It is very, very good. Another thought that comes to mind by doing the podcast, I'm learning more now that sometimes I feel like I don't need to know everything, that I don't need to have answers to everything. And in a way, I feel more relaxed. And I realize that if I'm meant to know the answer, it'll find its way to me or me to it, whether that's through my own research or just when it's meant to happen. So in a way, is that an answer that I don't need an answer to everything? <laughs> Gotta love a paradox question. I was on TikTok the other day and I came across a video that just shook me to the core of my being. I'm actually going to clip it in here so you can hear it. It's from user Hey It's Tori with like five letter eyes at the end, but here's that clip. Queer people don't grow up as ourselves. We grow up playing a version of ourselves that sacrifices authenticity to minimize humiliation and prejudice. The massive task of our adult lives is to unpick which parts of ourselves are truly us 
and which parts were created to protect us. This quote was written by queer writer Alexander Leone, and it brought me back to the eight-year-old version of myself who had the words to write, I am a lesbian in her journal, but did not come out for another 20 years. 20 years of protecting myself in a world that didn't feel like my own, and 20 years of creating a version of myself whom I no longer recognize. Hug your tiny self today, my queer friends, and bring that tiny self back to life. But this time for you and no one else. This hit me so hard and unlocked a core memory for me because it brought me back to a time when I had written in my small little journal, probably in my early teens from what I remember, you know, something related to the fact that I was experiencing emotions and attractions for people of the same gender. I know it's crazy. Like I, I I'd totally forgotten that I'd done this, but from what I can remember, this was the first time that I'd ever mentioned this or acknowledged it to myself and wrote it down. But I remember being so scared after writing it, thinking that someone would find my journal and discover what I wrote. So I not only marked out the entire page with black ink, I then used whiteout on top of that. My heart just aches so hard thinking about that. I just want to reach back in time and hug my younger self to tell them that everything's going to be all right. And in a way, it's really hard to not hold resentment for the things that contributed to this need to hold this secret so close to my chest. I've often found that resentment, holding a grudge, anything that you're physically or emotionally holding on to grows tiresome. There's a point where I just need to release and embrace what is. To wrap up this segment of reflection and highlights, I wanted to mention that in a recent episode titled Dear Younger Me, I shared that a teacher of mine, Miss Walls, made a profound impact on my learning career back in fifth grade. Well, as fate would have it, as I was listening back to the episode before it aired, and in the episode, I mentioned that I have not been able to find her obituary. And, you know, it's been something that's just kind of kind of loomed over my head in a way, you know, and I've just been searching for it for so long just to have that kind of understanding of what happened and, you know, when did it happen and things like that. I found her obituary and it was just, I, I, I'm still in shock thinking about it, you know, and it still kind of makes me well up a little bit because I looked for it for so long and to have some sense of closure to that connection, it just means so much because I admired her so much and she, she is dearly, dearly missed. Thinking on the growth and challenges in making a podcast, let's talk growth first. I am blown away at the reception of the podcast. So many people who have listened have reached out and expressed not only their support for the podcast, but also their thanks for the things that were shared. But also folks sharing with me their perspectives. It's been a conversation starter for me to learn more about how others view the world and the importance of sharing those perspectives and to grow my own perspective. 
it's crazy to see how the audience has grown, especially on social media. I have to say that it's just me making these posts and these write-ups, and it's a lot of work. I feel like if I leaned even more into it, you know, with paid promotions, things like that, the podcast would grow even more. Speaking of marketing, production, editing, recording, all the things, I've learned so much about my own process and what that's like in writing up an outline for an episode, reaching out to folks to be guests on episodes, brainstorming with my producer and working with my audio mixer, building a website, branding and designing, color selection even. Y'all, y'all, purple. Purple is my color, let me tell you. I will always, always say purple is my first love. (laughs) In making this podcast, I've also learned how to be more comfortable with my own voice specifically and to grow into that. So many kind words have been said about my voice. Like, oh, you have a radio talk show host sounding voice. Like, you sound so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are so sweet. (laughs) But not many people know this. I surprisingly have a decent range uh, in tone of voice. (laughs) Going from a high-pitched goat screaming voice at a Beyonce concert, for example to a deep, rather low, bassy voice when I sing the baritone. Like, I could probably go even a little bit lower, but I'm, like, in my podcasting voice at the moment, so I don't know how, I mean, how low, how low can you go? Probably. I don't know. (laughs) But learning to get used to the sound of my voice after hours of audio recording, learning how I breathe and hearing how I breathe, it takes some time to get comfortable finding your voice. I expect I'll continue to lean into that comfortability a little bit more, but that's also something I've noticed. Shout out to my bestie, Rhea, who was also on an episode. Uh, They have helped me to initially start within that uh, comfortability with my first initial recordings. It was a lot of fun being able to do that with them and just kind of see what do I sound like on a mic. (laughs) As I was finishing writing up this outline, I was listening to the song I Won't Give Up by Kelly Clarkson. It has been on repeat all day for me today. She just released her deluxe version of her latest album. Give it a listen if you haven't yet. Okay, so let's wrap things up with future plans for Queerly Overthinking. Well, officially, I'm announcing that I am already planning a second season. The first episode of season two will likely air at the beginning of March, kind of similar to how this season was structured. Every other week from about March to October, you can expect an episode every other week. Can we just take a minute and recognize that I am planning a second season to a podcast? Y'all, like, this is not my main job. This is something that I'm doing in my free time. And the level of caliber and progress this has made, insane. I am so hyped for season two already. Additionally, some new things I'm looking forward to in the podcast is bringing in some more listener engagement, perhaps through some Q&As or other fun ways where you can make an influence on future content. New episodes will continue to align with the mission statement of broadening our understanding of important topics by exploring and appreciating diverse perspectives. That tied to the values of the podcast of life, culture, social justice, and self-love will continue to be the North Star in planning content and inviting future guests. 
overall, you can expect a continuing resolve to authenticity and genuineness in season two. As I've shared in the beginning, this is a space that I want to curate where we can freely share our stories and perspectives so that we can build these bridges between beliefs and understandings. As I often do on other episodes, I like to close things out with a quote, let alone close out a whole season. (laughs) This quote comes from the one and only Michelle Obama from her book, Becoming. She says, For every door that's been opened to me, I've tried to open my door to others. And here's what I have to say, finally. Let's invite one another in. Maybe then we can begin to fear less, to make fewer wrong assumptions, to let go of the biases and stereotypes that unnecessarily divide us. Maybe we can better embrace the ways that we are the same. It's not about being perfect. It's not about where you get yourself in the end. There's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. And there's grace in being willing to know and hear others. This, for me, is how we become. Well, y'all, that about wraps it up. (laughs) Again, thank you. Thank you. I am so glad to have been on this journey with you, and I hope it's been a positive one. I can't wait to see what happens in season two. Until then, I hope you have an amazing rest of your 2023. Holy cow, where has this year gone? (laughs) It flew by, but be well, and I'll see y'all again soon. Queerly Overthinking is produced by Adam Harper and Cass Cooper. It is edited by Adam Harper with audio mixing by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can follow Queerly Overthinking on Instagram at Queerly Overthinking and find more at www.queerlyoverthinking.com.